You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, this is Randall Sylvie, owner and executive director of Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. I'm also a co-host and producer of the Grawlix Podcast, amongst many other things. And today, I am here to talk to Dustin Smothers. What's going on, Dustin? Not much, Randy. It's good to talk to you. It's been a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we both are very busy individuals, so it's always good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, it's been, I mean, really, I I, I guess since uh, the last podcast day, I think it was the last time we actually talked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've kept in touch a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but yeah, so much has been going on in my world and dealing with my own personal issues. I I do feel like I've kind of checked out of the podcast community a little bit um, and been kind of focused on a very individual level, but now nah, I, I had this week free and I knew I wanted to talk to you and, and Jesse again, and I, I'm excited to do Grolix uh, with you guys later this week. And yeah. so- just, you know, what I love about this whole community is that, like, Randy, I've never met you in person in real life. I don't know when we ever will or if we will, but I always feel like I'm catching up with somebody I've known my whole life when we talk. And so that's why I'm really excited to be here today. Yes, I like that. You know, I was just thinking about I was just thinking about that the other day. And really, you're not that far away from me. We will right. meet up at some point in time. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. We will. Yeah, the other day I was thinking, you know, I should just like drive in your direction and be like, hey, I'm here. I got microphones. Where are you at? <laughs> I will. It's like the bat signal. I will come running. <laughs> microphones. A part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because you, you do have a lot of stuff going on these days. You're on the uh, Pro Wrestling Mothership. You're, you're kind of the man behind the scenes for the mother, Pro Wrestling Mothership Network. And if listeners, for some reason, have heard nothing of this except for the last time we talked about it, yeah, the Pro Wrestling Iowa branding has changed. Yep. And you've also got, like, you've got other stuff off network going on, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Just, I've been really blessed in the last six months or so. 2018 uh, has been a really good year to me. Uh, I did have a little bit of a, I'll call it a falling out, um, but it was not negative. It was a very amicable as amicable as something like this can be, but me and Alex McCarthy had a different creative vision and I was already getting busier with some of the off network stuff I was doing. So it just kind of came down to a, why don't we go ahead and just take what we've done? You split off, do your own thing, cover the companies you work for, which he's doing great, by the way, that's the, uh, they're on the slam fam wrestling network. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anybody who's listening, they, they still do the SCW and three XW coverage. Uh, in my network, we absolved uh, Shotgun Wrestling Radio a couple months back. And so Zach Takis has taken over covering the local scene, uh, IPW and CEW, for me. Because, yeah, I've uh, been given the opportunity to host a podcast for Capital Wrestling out of Hoboken, New Jersey, which is just absolutely wild that I uh, am getting to know that scene and getting to know those people. And then the Wrestling Revolver uh, here locally, uh, they run out of Iowa and Dayton, Ohio, uh, asked me to start a podcast for them, which is hosted on my own network right now. But that could change any time. I know Sammy Callahan, who runs Wrestling Revolver, is a very busy man. Uh, and at any point, I'm prepared for him to say, yo, I need to make money off this. You're coming on this stream. And I'm going to go, yep, absolutely. No problem. So it's it's just been kind of a wild couple months, a lot of changes. But I always wanted to change the branding because I felt like being pro wrestling Iowa, while that's how we built our niche, built our initial fan base up, we were more than just Iowa. And I really wanted Mm -hmm. to, you know, Darnell and Kevin were both on this podcast network, but they, you know, they always felt, Darnell always felt weird telling people he was on the pro wrestling Iowa podcast network because why? (laughs) The guys in, in Manhattan, New York, why is he on this Iowa podcast network? And now Darnell, I think, has more ownership of it he started his own podcast the queer nerds which i should have a new episode coming out this week for him kevin is about to start a podcast with jason michaels called be kind please rewind where they look at old classic content and we even created the no coast nerd just as a platform to talk about some of the nerdy stuff that darnell and i like comic books movies tv shows anime whatever it may be uh we've done i think five episodes of that this year mainly reviews of movies spoiler reviews just because 
I have so much to say about so many things. Mm-hmm. And so when I can't find an outlet, I just create one. And that's kind of been my MO for the last uh, two years almost, I guess. So uh, when's the political podcast coming? Ooh, gosh, you know, <laughs> that one, uh, that one, I think I'll need to get paid for because the, the, the trolling and the, oh, the comment right? section of a political podcast, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that's, that would really, that's an odd hobby to take. Like if you're doing a free political podcast, you got to have thick skin. You're <laughs> asking for it. No, I know. I know. I, it, that it just popped in my head because like you said, you know, if you have things to say, you create an outlet for it. And I felt that way about, and I was, there's been so many times where I was like, I might, I might have to start a political podcast. Then, then I just think about it for half a second. I'm like, no, that's just asking, asking Ugh. for trouble. Like you're just bringing so much onto yourself if you do that. Yeah, it's not something like I, I, you know. And if you listen to Mothership, I try to sprinkle a little bit of my political takes in there. Obviously, last week I used any opportunity I could to make fun of Roseanne Barr, <laughs> but it's. It is a tricky area to dive into. Yeah. And you also risk alienating people who listen to you already. And I I mean, I'm pretty clear with my liberal stance on my network, but I try not to shove anything down anyone's throat. And so I'd hate to I'd hate to alienate somebody who got into liking me because of wrestling and then turn them off because I'm ranting and raving about their president. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, we could sidestep that topic quick. I <laughs> yeah, just exactly. wanted to touch on it. <laughs> that's a that's a hard pass on that one, but we could talk off air, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I was curious. The Capital Wrestling, and I also I still do want to touch on No Coach Nerd and stuff, but the Capital Wrestling thing. How did that come about? How did that fall into your lap? You know, about a year ago, I mentioned to Darnell that you know, like he, because you know, Darnell obviously things have changed a lot, but. There was this sense of, you know, what purpose did Darnell have? I wanted him to feel like he had more ownership or felt like he brought more to the table than just coming on once a week to talk sassy, which he does great at. Darnell is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And so I mentioned to him that maybe you should go out to some of your local indies and start doing, because, you know, on our Facebook, we do post shows for the shows we're at locally uh, for IPW, CEW. And so I said, you know, why don't you go to some shows and do that there? Yeah, take a friend with you. Take your phone. You're a, you know, he has all, he had all the uh, administrative, you know, inputs into all the social media. I said, you know, go have some fun. Like, get out there and get your name out there. Well, dude goes out there, gets in real tight with Capital Wrestling. Uh, they used to run in New York. I forget exactly where. I want to say somewhere in Queens, but then they found a better venue in Hoboken, New Jersey. So Darnell started going there. Next thing I know, he uh, was like, hey, can I do an interview? With this guy, Matthew Ryan Shapiro, who real name Matthew Ryan, who uh, is one of the ha- uh, one of the co-owners of the company. He plays uh, a heel, a villain, authoritarian figure on the show. And, you know, I got to talking to Matt. He was an awesome dude. I loved the vision and his the the beautiful madness that he brought to what he wanted to do with Capital Wrestling. And he reached out to me, asked if I would host a watch party for their very first show that was streaming live on Twitch. I did. Uh, we had a decent little turnout. It was on one of the worst blizzards of the winter this past year. Um, but we still had a few people show up, and it was good. The people that were there really liked it. But the other key thing is Black and Brave Wrestling Academy here out of Davenport, Iowa. While they're covered on the Slam Fan Wrestling Network now, SCW is the promotion that, that utilizes Black and Brave talent. I have a connection with a lot of those guys and a guy named Ronnie Burton who trained there had actually moved back home to New York and started wrestling for capital. They were going to start bringing more Iowa guys from black and brave out. And then, you know, shortly after the beginning of 2018, Darnell and uh, Matthew came to me and said, Hey, our guy that was doing our podcast is stepping away. I want, you know, he, he wanted me and Darnell to take it over. And I said, a guy from Iowa, you want me to do that? And I quickly understood that their vision was not to remain a New York company. They've got TV now. And, you know, some of it is access programming. It's not necessarily like they're getting a ton of ad revenue for these shows yet, but it's uh, potential viewers. And they've got TV in Minneapolis, Chicago, and New York now. It just seemed like the right move. Uh, At that point, I'd started to wonder what the glass ceiling was for me at a podcast level because professional wrestling podcasting, there are... I would say, and and I could be wrong, but it seems to me like there are more wrestling podcasts than any other niche market. It's just like everybody that's a wrestling fan has a wrestling podcast. And so I started to realize that if I wanted to make something of this and continue to grow, 
it might be in my best interest to start thinking about outside opportunities. This was the first one that came up and it's uh it's been nothing but fun since. I it's weird not getting to ever meet any of the people or go to the shows and get to know the actual people behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. it's they make me feel like I'm a part of it. They are so inclusive, message me all the time. When I was in the hospital a few months ago, uh, Matthew Ryan and Marcus Dowling, the co-owners, both checked in on me. It's just been a really great relationship so far. And Darnell's getting to do a weekly uh, This Week in the Capital thing now that goes all over. It's on WrestleZone.com and all these places where he does like a five-minute video thing of if you missed anything this week, this is what you missed. And he's having fun. He's getting to become a bigger part of the business. And that to me was important because – I, you know, I've gotten to work with IPW. Alex obviously capitalized on what we were doing to such an extent that he was getting opportunities, and I wanted those for Darnell too. And so um, I'm really happy he did, and he's uh, part of the Capital family now to the point where I think he's going to do a thing with them, and I may not supposed to be able to say this now, but he's going to do a thing where he does a weekly segment where he goes out and dresses a wrestler on their YouTube channel. So this is it's really cool for Darnell. It's helping raise his exposure, and I just it's. It's a lot of fun. You mentioned something about um, covering local stuff, and some of that coverage went over to SlamFam. Do you guys ever have overlap now, and how do you guys approach that? We really haven't, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess. We we kind of, when Alex and I parted ways, we, we laid down some ground rules. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do preview shows or post shows for SCW and 3XW. There's four major regular independents in Iowa And so I was already spending most of my time at IPW because they were closer to me. I very rarely got to an SCW show. Now, while 3XW is in Des Moines, Alex is a manager there for them now. He was a commentator ring announcer, and he's actually worked his way up to being a main event manager. So my hat goes off to Alex. So it just felt right that he should probably cover 3XW. Yeah. You know, and there's been some complications. Todd Countryman, the owner of 3XW, was not happy. Uh, we had a pretty heated exchange one night, and I just said to him, look, man, I, I'm I'm growing my own brand now, and things are going a lot quicker than I ever anticipated. This is a good thing. This allows for Alex and Tim and Margaret to be able to cover the companies they care the most about the way they want to, as opposed to having me try to dictate how it goes. Because at the end of the day, I took the stance that this was my network. I had created it from the ground up. Um, I took the idea Brad had and and ran with it. Mm -hmm. I I always feel guilty when I say I created it because I technically didn't. But what this is today doesn't resemble anything that Brad was doing. And so I feel pretty confident saying this is my baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to budge on what I wanted that coverage to look like. And it wasn't worth fighting. It wasn't worth losing friends over. It wasn't worth having those moments where I show up to a show and they're showing up and we're both jockeying for who wants to be the cutest girl at the dance, you know? And so it hasn't actually happened yet. And I, that a lot of that has to do with, I've been so busy. I haven't made it to a three X or an SCW show yet, uh, since the, the split and that's not intentional or anything. It's just, I've been really busy. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll trim this up. I'll trim, I'll trim this up in post. It's what, it's what I do. Yeah. Like I kind of, I kind of came into this. I was like, well, I was trying to think of some questions. I was like, you know what? It's Justin. I'm going to wing it. I'm going to wing it. (laughs) <laughs> well, as I was say, we, we can definitely talk. There's so many things I would love to talk to you about. Westworld season two. Everything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we can't. We can't. We can't do that. I guess we <laughs> maybe we could. It's, it's our this, this is our episode. This is nobody even yeah. knows this is happening. So we could do whatever <laughs> we want. Um, I'm I'm perpetually a week behind. Well, I won't I won't do any spoilers, but holy frack. <laughs> like it's just the show continues to amaze me the way it uh, takes. It, it's all stuff we've seen in prior sci-fi or genre Mm -hmm. but it's just absolutely flipping it the expectations on its head and just the way it can answer 30 questions in one episode and present you 60 more Mm -hmm. just make me so happy every week man i'm enjoying the season so much and we finally got shogun world which i've been waiting for since the beginning of the series and the raj i want to know more about the raj too and there's three more parks oh man yeah, I've I've been enjoying it so far. And Dolores, like I was, the, they did a really interesting flip. Like Maeve, I'm really on board with Maeve. Yep. And, well, and Dolores oh. is like, what she's doing is just so like, it makes me uncomfortable. At first, you're like on board. You're like, yeah, re- robot rebellion. But then, like yeah. the way she goes about it, I'm like, ooh, like what she did to Teddy. Oh, right. Holy cow. 
Well, and what's interesting, I saw something the other day. Somebody was talking about how Robert Ford is the villain of Westworld. I'm like, no, he's not. Robert's not the villain in my in my story, the way I view it. Robert's the one trying to preserve humanity. Mm-hmm. Robert's the one who's I guess he's you know what, though, I guess suppose maybe he is the God in that situation where he's giving both the host and the humans the tools and it's whoever comes out on top, I suppose. But so maybe that does make him the villain. But if that's the case, then is God the villain? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. He's, uh... <laughs> I can just see, I can hear uh, like 25 million Christians yelling my name right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> just tell me about Revolver then, because I don't okay. know, like, I, and I apologize. I don't, I don't, this is always an awkward thing to tell a podcaster. I don't listen to a lot of your shows. I tune no, in once okay. in a while. Um, that's, I kind of enjoy doing, I've been doing the, uh, the podcast replay streams. Yeah. But I enjoy that because that gives me an opportunity to like sit down and listen. Sure. But since I'm, since I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure there's a term for it. I don't follow wrestling. Then a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot of times I'm like, what? We just call you the others. No, I'm just the kidding. others. <laughs> I, I figured there's, there had to be some type of term, you know, like where we're like muggles or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's the wrestling equivalent to muggle? Unfortunately, it's really lame. It's just non-fan. Like that's what we call oh. like non-fans. Like because uh, you, you'll say like. Well, you know, one of my favorite questions is what match would you show a non-fan to try to open their eyes to, you know, because I think wrestling is kind of that Wizard of Oz type of thing. Like, I think if you get it, it's because you've got you've you've been able to pull the curtain back for yourself a little bit. Not mm-hmm. to say that all non-fans don't get it. You know, there's obviously just some people who just don't like professional wrestling. They understand it. And that's totally fine. Uh, but I, you know, so you often think like, what match would you show somebody if you were to try to hook them? And so, yeah, we just always re- use non-fans, but you've brought this up and I'm going to bring it up on Mothership this week. Now, I think we need to come up with a, a fun, cute name because we're all called Marks. We <laughs> yeah. call ourselves Marks. Why don't we have a name for you guys? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what got me thinking about it. So I, I know, I know on your regular shows, you probably mention it when this stuff happens, but Revolver, how did that one come about? Because I am not super familiar with that. Yeah, well, this one's really exciting for me because it's local. It's something that I, you know, unlike Capital, where Capital is exciting and it's fun, I don't actually get to go to Capital shows because I cannot afford to go to Hoboken, New Jersey once a month. Yeah. So Revolver is a company that started here about two years ago. They ran a one show. Uh, and it was a huge success, and it's essentially a super independent. And for those who don't know, like a super independent would be a company like an AAW, a pro wrestling gorilla, Evolve. I guess even to an extent, I, I probably catch some flack for considering Evolve there. But it's a company that utilizes all the biggest non-WWE contracted talent they can. And there is an insane amount of talent out there in the world right now. I think a lot of people would say wrestling's going through another boom right now. And I don't think they're wrong. I think that it's just a very different boom than what we experienced in the 90s, where it was all WWF. It's just they dominated everything. But now there's a lot of other companies in the territory days. You would have talent that were strictly one territory. And I think that's the difference and why people don't see it the same way is because there's no more territory system. You can work wherever you want. You you may give a company first uh, first dibs on dates like here's here's what I'm free now that this company's taken these dates you know there's there's talent who do that hmm. uh, ring of honor is still a talent that contracts most of their talent but they are allowed to take independent bookings that aren't on television so it's just a really unique time in wrestling so that's how the revolver spun out it's the revolving door of professional wrestling hmm. it's run by sammy callahan uh, who used to be in the nxt system under the name solomon crow he is currently uh, on impact wrestling he's very prominently featured there He's in a huge feud. He accidentally, in legit real life, busted Eddie Edwards' face open with a baseball bat, like destroyed his cheekbones. The great thing about wrestling, though, is when an accident like that happens, something really special and unique can usually be built out of that. So when Eddie came back, he was healed. They leaned heavy into it and have turned Sammy into this maniacal, just murderous, like he's <laughs> blood bloodthirsty. So he's... He's got a really good thing going right now in Impact Wrestling. So he started this company in Des Moines, and I went to all their shows. I've uh, traveled to WrestleMania every year, so I even hit their shows the last two years there. I think there's only been three Revolver shows I've not been at. 
Um, those were both in uh, Dayton, and then there was one at a country music festival here in Iowa. Country music is not my cup of tea, <laughs> and so I did not attend that show. But I just I, I took a real interest in the company. It, it, they kind of they started about the same time we started the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast. Mm-hmm. So it was a natural fit. We just went out and did a preview show for them. We didn't say anything. We just did it. And then the next show, they started like they started tagging us on social media and everything uh, that they did and started really utilizing us as a vehicle to get the word out. And I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think we were very influential in helping legitimize Revolver as something that needed. It was a we created the idea that it was an event. We stressed that this was a you don't want to miss the show because you may not see these people in Iowa again until they're in the WWE. Like that's how we've always promoted it. And for the most part, it's true. You know, you had a guy like Ricochet that showed up here for the first time back in May and he's, or no, sorry, uh, October last year, he's already in WWE. He's already signed. So it just was a natural fit. They started helping me get talent for interviews. And then this past year in WrestleMania, New Orleans, I was talking to Phil Stamper who runs social media for revolver. He's also very involved in Maryland championship wrestling. He's the commissioner there, uh, CZW, he's very involved in. He said to me, hey, what would you think about starting a Revolver podcast? And I said, <laughs> I was hoping you guys would ask me someday. <laughs> and it kind of developed from there. Uh, it's, we're still in the infancy stages. I've only put out two episodes of it. It's bi-weekly right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the issue with creating a podcast for a company that only runs every three months or so is that, you know, whereas like the mothership, we, we, we survive on WWE because it's weekly. We always have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the finding how to justify a Revolver podcast every week uh, was initially a little bit of a challenge. But I decided that what I wanted to do was try to go places with wrestlers that nobody else was going. I want to talk to them about video games, music, pop culture, mm, nice things they did, sports in high school, things like that. So that's kind of our goal right now. Revolver is going to start doing monthly uh, or bi-monthly shows later in the year. So obviously that'll increase uh, what we can talk about. And that's kind of the one nice thing about Capital Wrestling is they do one show a month, but then they break it up into four weeks of television that they put on their YouTube channel, their Twitch channel, where Revolver doesn't do that. The show happens, it comes out on DVD, and that's kind of the last the last word until the next show. So, But it's been fun. You know, a lot of great feedback. Uh, some of the greatest download numbers I've had, obviously, uh, we're, we're talking to some big names in wrestling. I had Larry D and Palmer, uh, and we're just going to keep shooting for the moon. Uh, Pete Dunn, who is a current NXT competitor, he's the current WWE United Kingdom champion. He just won the Revolver Tag Team titles with Millie McKenzie in the uh, the UK. And so that's my white whale right now. I'm going to try to get Pete Dunn on the show, probably unsuccessfully. I'm sure WWE will have something to say about him coming on a, a podcast, but we'll try. And that's the great thing now is I'm I it legitimizes me. Mm-hmm. I think that's not even going to pretend that it doesn't. I, I think that's what makes me unique is I don't sit here and I don't know that I necessarily deserve anything that I've gotten, but I know that I've worked hard for what I have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm never going to pretend that like, oh, you know, this this is blah, blah, blah. I, they're getting the big, big get by getting me. No, the big get is me getting this relationship with Revolver. And um, I'm really looking forward to the next show. I'm going to drive up to Dayton in August, uh, see what I can help out with, try to get some more FaceTime with the people behind the scenes and uh, let them know that I'm, I'm here and I'm here to help in any way possible. And I think wrestling is a little bit of a carny business. So I think that's something I had to accept that I have to do. Like I've got to go help tear down a ring and, and stuff like that. Cause I, I want to be a part of this. I want to be, you know, I, I would love to be doing wrestling stuff for a living. And uh, I don't think it's something that I, I don't think it's an impossible dream. I guess I'll put it that way. Especially with the contacts you're making. And yeah, I don't think so at all. No coast nerd. Let's jump over there. Sure. Now you guys have what five five episodes? Five, five or six, I guess. Five or six. Like that. I think yeah, I can't remember. It comes out so sporadically. It's 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 kind of just my so when I I don't know if you remember, I think we've talked about this. I had originally created the No Coast Nerd myself. Mm-hmm. Probably I want to say in like December of 2015. And I was slowly kind of putting out blog posts. I hadn't done any podcasting. But I just I really loved what the guys were doing on Collider uh, or AMC Movie News and at the old AMC Movie News. It's Collider now. John Campia, John Schnepp, those guys. And I just wanted a piece of that. Like I wanted to give my opinion on movies. And so I was reviewing movies in written format on a Blogspot account called the No Coast Nerd. And then 
the opportunity with ProRes in Iowa, Brad, all that stuff kind of happened. And that just, I, I shut it down. Like, I think it's still there if you go to blogspot.nocosin or whatever or something. I think my last post is about the Oscars in 2016. But it was something I wanted to come back to later. And it obviously has turned into a podcast, which is obviously my strong suit, I think. I, I, I can commit more of my time to actually talking than sitting down and writing at this mm-hmm. point in my life. Because if I sit down to write, I get distracted. But yeah, just basically just, I wanted an avenue to talk a little bit about like the MCU basically or things that I love. Like I, I geek out when I get to come on Grolix and talk like last year when we got, I got to come and talk Westworld with you is mm-hmm. one of the favorite hours of my life because I don't, I'm the guy that consumes too much television and I'm the guy that consumes too many movies. So a lot of my friends, I, I have a few friends that I can talk to about it, but even then I have to wait weeks for them because they see stuff when it hits the bargain theater, things like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Dar- and Darnell's the same way. Darnell has this insane love for pop culture as well. So it's kind of a natural fit. I had a friend, Chris De Petrillo, who does uh, toys for uh, Figures Toy Company. They do the old Batman 66 toys hmm. that are out, um, all sorts of cool stuff, legends of wrestling, things like that. He's a huge pop culture dude, even probably more so than me. And just the three of us, when I one day threw the idea out, do you guys want to do a podcast? And I already have a name for it. And uh, it's kind of gone from there. You know, it's. I think at this point, it's something that it's not taken too seriously. I don't think we we all it's not a priority for all of us. But when Mm -hmm. we can get together, uh, we get together. And I uh, recently added on Lauren uh, Ray from Chicago, a friend I've made through wrestling, who's super into podcast podcasting and pop culture wrestling and all that, too. So uh, getting the female perspective. And and honestly, I think the the four of us are a great panel because we have such diversity on that panel and that's always kind of the thing i think of is how can we make this more diverse and there needs to be more of a voice out there for women for um african americans and uh, people in the lgbt community so being able to you know knock off a lot of those checks and say hey we have that podcast here we're going to break down deadpool but with all these perspectives i think it's really cool how has the reaction have you have you got much feedback and and with five or six episodes under your belt maybe there hasn't been time to kind of gather the audience but I don't imagine there'd be pushback, but have you gotten any pushback from uh, pro wrestling mothership listeners? But like, what's this? Or no, no. And I think the thing that's great about that is the crossover appeal mm-hmm. to professional wrestling. I think you know if you go to Comic Con right now, uh, places like that, WWE has such a huge uh, presence in the pop culture world right now. Uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, all the stuff they're doing in Ring of Honor and New Japan, it's just. Like I said, I think wrestling's in a boom period right now. So the crossover is huge between mm-hmm. uh, genre, movie, you know, TV fans, and professional wrestling. If anything, I think it's helped uh, draw more people to Mothership uh, because they may see, you know, they oh another wrestling podcast. Nah. Oh, these guys are doing something with Deadpool. Though. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, I like that guy. And so then they join us on Mothership. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's actually raised the profile of Mothership. Because I mean, you you'd be crazy to not think that like Deadpool two has a much larger audience than say WWE. So it's I think doing the opposite. It's uh it's actually benefiting Mothership greatly. But it's not something like my my bread and butter is still pro wrestling. But it's just I just I just wanted an outlet, you know. And if it, if people dig it, that's awesome. You had mentioned No Coastner to me before, and. On the old site, there, there was that lonely tab over there for No Coast Nerd <laughs> for so long. I was so glad when uh, you started putting out episodes. Yeah. And I did actually think about it. And I don't know if I ever really talked to you about it. But, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, all right, we definitely have to be careful. I did not want to tread on you and Jesse's toes at all. Oh, I wanted to make sure. I want, Well, and I just wanted to make sure that it was as different enough. Like, it's, uh, it's just literally going to be like a... a roundtable talking about this the same shit like uh mm-hmm. I, I you know so i wanted to make sure that we weren't like impeding uh on anybody because that's not what what i wanted to do and you guys are like the expert at the, at the comic stuff so i, I definitely <laughs> wanted to avoid that and i just thought putting out episodes about specific things like we started the first one i think we talked about a bunch of different things and i realized this is more fun when we just come on with one topic and we debate it for an hour mm-hmm. and then go so that's kind of that's I, I think that's where it's heading hopefully with a little bit more time uh, and more major releases this summer i don't think i'm gonna do a solo because nobody saw it <laughs> like star wars. i'd love to talk about star wars fans they piss me off a lot right now <laughs> yeah so it's just this idea that i'm just so tired of hearing people review star wars movies and say well it wasn't like this and 
the book written by blah, blah, blah. And this year, it's like that stuff's not canned anymore. Like, and I think if you're going to be a fan of Star Wars moving forward, you've got to accept that the Legends series is no longer canon. And so I know there's been so many people, Solo sucked. They should have done this and this. This was in this book. Blah, blah. It's like that's not what they did, though. And I think Solo was a really good movie. And it's kind of bummed me out this last week or so, just the the pushback from the fan base, like boycotting Solo. Like that's going to make a difference. Bob Iger even said Disney has the number one Memorial Day box office opening of all time with Solo now. Like, it, yeah, it, you tanked it from making $750 million domestically, but the thing's still going to top $200 million domestically, and they'll make it up on DVD sales. Bob Iger does not care about your shit. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> I've, like that this it just drives me nuts a little bit because it then don't watch like don't sit and crap all over it. I, like that's one of my least favorite things is when it's just like let people enjoy what they want to enjoy why do we have to throw all of our negative feelings into the universe all the time like i get you know obviously right now i'm complaining about star wars fans so but like, <laughs> it's why does it have to be everything you don't like you have to make sure everyone knows that you think this sucks it's like I think people are starting to lose the concept of being a fan mm-hmm. and trying to become too much of a talk. Like, I feel like we're living in the post CNN world where everyone thinks they have to be a talking head. And some people decided that they're going to be the trolls and the contrarians and everything. And that's, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Contrarian, like you nailed it there. Like there's a lot of that. The more hype there is on something or the bigger it is, or building on, the biggest, you know, fan base possible. There's you're you're gonna get more of that. And I am a little. I haven't seen Solo. I'm not. I'm not a big Star Wars guy. But I'm surprised at how much negativity I've heard about Solo so far. I'm surprised it's gotten that reaction. And from what I've heard from a lot of sources, is it's not a bad movie. It really isn't. It stands alone so well too. And it's littered with Easter eggs. If you're a fan of the original trilogy, you're going to like there's so many things and there's so much room for setting up future stories, whether it's a solo sequel or a movie about Jabba the Hutt. There is mm-hmm. so much there to love. And I just when I saw that the like the movement online to try to tank the box office for it, I'm just like, I guess I don't get it. Like, just don't. <laughs> I've never understood the idea of trying to ruin something for everyone else. And I think that's what it boils down to. But. Go see it. If you're, a, if I hope that if anything, one person listening to this goes, oh, all right, that guy seems cool. He says Solo's good. I'll go check it out because it really was. And I think, I don't know. I, it's hard to talk about Solo without getting spoilery, but it's just, yeah, was it the best Star Wars movie ever? No. Did I miss Harrison Ford a little bit? Yeah. But at the end of the day, people have been recast before. Batman's mm-hmm. been recast a dozen times, it seems like. Um, y'all are going to really flip when they recast Princess Leia. And Carrie Fisher in the next one. I can't wait for the backlash to the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think people would react more negatively to that, to recasting Carrie Fisher, or to more CGI Carrie Fisher? Um, That's, ooh, wow. Oh, man. Right? (laughs) I don't know. I I definitely feel like recasting is less creepy, personally. I think it is. I don't know how people would react to it. Yeah, I think that's a double negative there because I feel yeah. like both of them, both of them are no good. Um, well, can we? Do you, I guess can, last Jedi spoilers are where would you, where, how comfortable are you with me dropping something here? Um, yeah, I I'm fine. It's been long enough, right? Yeah, and, and just so you know, like I've had it spoiled for me. I haven't seen it. I haven't made a point okay. to see it. I'm going to okay. haven't made a point. I don't care. So, but for listeners, uh, hey, last Jedi spoilers coming up (laughs) so my problem with the whole thing stems from the fact that leia seemingly dies at one point in the movie in Mm -hmm. the last jedi and there was sort of sad and poetic like i cry in the theater i actually started tearing up because i thought oh they did it like i knew when she died they said that she was in the movie and that the the next one was supposed to be hers but i thought well it's possible they went in recut some stuff and you know maybe they did kill her but no, then she flies back in the ship like Mary frickin' Poppins and goes into a coma. And then she's alive at the end of the movie, which I thought was really short-sighted because I felt like they, to, to coin a wrestling term, they booked themselves into a corner now mm. where they didn't, you know, I get it. Maybe you didn't want Luke and Leia both going in the same movie, but 
circumstances are circumstances. And how cool would it have been to see the next movie stand alone without any of the legacy characters left except Chewbacca and the droids? I think that would have been really cool. I think it would have helped propel that cast to another level. But now the whole movie is going to be focused on how are they going to deal with Leia Mm -hmm. because they kept her alive at the end of The Last Jedi. And I've heard rumors of both. Obviously, Rogue One, they CGI'd Tarkin. I didn't mind that because the dude's been dead for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Leia would be weird because Carrie's only been gone for about two. I mean, I think honestly for me, if they were going to do one or the other, I would just do a very, a very small CGI segment writing off Princess Leia. I don't know how you do it. I've heard rumors too. They're going to do it in a book, which is nuts. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. yeah, And and so I don't know what's true, but then I, uh, who was it? Meryl Streep is talking about potentially doing it. It's like, I don't know. I guess if you get somebody the caliber of Meryl Streep, maybe I shouldn't be upset. Like, just be happy that somebody of that caliber is willing to. And it was one of Carrie's friends. So I don't know. There's a lot of there's so many uh, variables in that question. Like, I think they're both bad options. But wow. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, that's going to be the whole move, the way everything is going into it. It's all going to be about how do they handle Leia? Nobody's going to be thinking at all about the movie. Good point. I don't know. Recasting. Recasting. Nope. Put, t- <laughs> Put yeah. my take my nerd hat off. I don't need to go down that. I don't need to go down that trail. <laughs> Re- I would, recasting. I mean, like recasting can be great. Uh, you know, you look at like Banner. Uh, you know, going getting Ruffalo instead mm-hmm. of Ed Norton. Because honestly, I don't. I've never understood the appeal of Ed Norton. Uh, he's he's really only got a few good movies in my eyes, and that's a, that's an unpopular opinion, I'm sure. But uh, it can work. But it's hard to do when you lose an actor. Like, it's mm-hmm. one thing if the act you can accept, I think, as a fan that the actor decided they didn't want to do it anymore. So the studio had to recast. But when you're when you're recasting a dead movie star, that sucks. <laughs> like It really does. Well, because in recasting is inevitable in a lot of situations. But like, I understand, like, they're not going to you can't de-age Harrison Ford to a certain point and then do the solo movie. Like, I understand recasting somebody at a time in their life when they might look very different. But it's 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 very strange to recast somebody in between movie. I think the recasting weirdness with Star Wars is that for what is it thirty years, thirty plus years, it's been these actors, and that's, that's the point. kind of the risk you run when you then pick up a series x amount of years later with the same characters and the same actors. Yeah. Anyway, again, I probably need to take my nerd hat off and not follow that tangent. Oh, I wanted to touch on something briefly that uh, you mentioned while we were talking about No Coast Nerd. Oh, sure. About treading on like on on Grolic's territory and stuff oh. like that. That's something that's kind of interesting to me because, from my point of view, I've never really worried about. I mean, obviously, like there's shows that I like and I that have like a great format, and I've I've made a point not to like not to copy other shows' formats, but for the most part, just like. Grolix is kind of loose. Like we have a structure, but it, we don't have like a, you know. I guess we do have a certain format, but it's not anything that I would say is like our brand. Like it's, it doesn't play into our branding. We're just talking, you know. Mm-hmm. But competitive, com, I think we've probably talked about this before. But competitiveness between podcasts—that's not something I've ever really like. I've never felt felt that. I've never felt it was an issue or felt it was something. I either needed to avoid or, and generally, I don't think I've ever shied away from interacting with other shows for worry that they might steal my audience or something, because I've right. had people ask me about that um, in the past. And as a podcaster, and maybe other podcasters do think about that, but that's never been a concern of mine, because if somebody's going to drift away to another podcast, it's going to happen anyway. Right. And, uh, for the most part, in terms of podcasts, interacting with other shows is not only do you make like uh good connections because there's a lot of good people podcasting but um it's also usually really good for your show you get a share audience share so to speak right i was gonna say too like i i I guess to elaborate a little bit more on my statement it it came more from a place of i i've always looked you know and there's been varying degrees of how involved i am but i've always looked as myself as part of the emc family Mm -hmm. and i like you've been such a huge supporter and helper uh because i mean a lot of people don't know that i got dropped the podcast on me on Sunday night and had to crash learn how to edit and crash learn how to do all this. And I've taught myself over the last uh, two years, but I've gotten a lot of help from you 
and from Jesse as well. So it wasn't from a place of feeling like, oh, I'd be competitive, but um, just out, out of respect. Like oh, yeah, it was more yeah. of a, you know, I just respect you guys and uh, we're part of the we're part of the same team here on the EMC network because honestly, like I always look at things from the perspective of what's good for me, what's good for somebody else is going to be mutually beneficial stuff. Mm-hmm. And if we all can work together and, you know, what the what happens with EMC, the, the bigger it gets helps me vice versa. If I can bring more listeners in great. So it's just like that mutually beneficial relationship, just absolutely a courtesy and out of respect, not because I thought you guys would be upset about it or anything. It was just, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, that's your guys's corner of our network. And so uh, I just wanted to, you know, do something that illuminated a little bit more of that topic, but definitely didn't uh, compete at all with it because I think that's what's really cool about our network here, the EMC Podcast Network, is there's such a diverse variety mm-hmm. of content. Well, don't don't you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's the competing's not not um not really a concern of mine with that. Like there's certain shows like I I kind of would welcome more in that on the network in that corner. So I was glad when you started a uh, No Coast Nerd, and then when uh, Queer Nerd when that popped up, I was like, "Oh, awesome!" Like, yes, I welcome I welcome more shows like that. I was gonna say too, like one, uh, to bounce back really fast about content having too much or too little. I think the one thing that's really cool about the way people are consuming television movies nowadays is that you know me before I started podcasting, after I got home from seeing a movie, I was on my laptop for two hours like reading, listening mm-hmm. to everybody's breakdown of what they thought about the movie because I wanted to get things that maybe I missed or didn't uh, didn't realize, you know, because there's comic stuff that I'm not as familiar with, obviously, mm-hmm. as I am some other things. And so you get on these YouTube channels and see you miss this Easter egg, this Easter egg, this Easter egg. So I think that's a really cool thing is that so many people are consuming television like that. And thanks to like the Talking Dead and all that, post shows or – uh, reviews, spoiler reviews are part of the viewing experience now. And so, you know, getting people, you know, my listeners, if they listen to my Deadpool review and then they're like, man, that was, I, I didn't notice that. Maybe next time they're going to go to a movie and watch it closer. And I just, that's to me, I just want to open that experience mm-hmm. up to people. Where do you think that comes from? Cause, cause I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I'll go see a movie or I'll get into a TV show or something. And then I think for me, it's partially like after the show's over or the movie's over, I don't necessarily, I still want to like explore that world. Yeah. So I'll, I will, I'll check out reviews and you know, the, the various videos and look up podcasts where they're talking about it. I think it's because cinema and television has gotten so good. It's gotten uh, storytelling has advanced so fu- uh, so quickly, I think, mm-hmm. in in our lives. So I think a lot of what we consume nowadays requires multiple viewings. Require if you want to get the whole experience, you're gonna. There's so many Easter eggs written through everything. Well, I suppose we are getting towards the end of our time. What do you have? Do you have anything coming up that you're super excited about? Um, I'm working on a couple deals right now to actually be sponsored by some apparel companies myself personally, which is absolutely insane. Yourself personally. Yeah. uh, Okay. What does that mean? How does that work? (laughs) Well, so, um, essentially being like a brand, uh, a social media influencer for these companies. So they send me some stuff. I have a code. You know, I get I get some clothes to wear on social media and promote their brand and, and things like that. So just a way for me to try to start earning some income off of what I do. And it's kind of it's kind of funny because I've kind of shifted Darnell into that thinking and I'm shifting Kevin into that way of thinking, too, that like we all need to market ourselves as well as the network. And so this is kind of just me hopefully leading by example. Cause, I mean, it's just a matter of reaching out, contacting. I have enough social media followers now that apparently I I'm, I look good. And, and these are professional wrestling inspired clothing companies. So mm-hmm. it's obviously I fit the niche, but it's the kind of the beginning of something It's similar to like an Amazon affiliates program, uh, except they send me free swag, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, and then I make a little bit of money if people use my code. So that's kind of, I, I, I haven't finalized anything, so I don't want to say exactly what companies they are, sure, but yeah, uh, yeah. Keep, keep an eye on that. That's kind of the big thing. 
And then I've got a few ideas this summer. I really, really want to get into video content. I, I think that uh, while audio content is great, uh, you can catch – there's people that still would rather watch a video. And mm-hmm. I want to get some stuff out there maybe to get them on board with what we're doing. Uh, like whether it be a pro wrestling poker night, I toyed with that idea recently on social media. Uh, myself, Malice, Justin Decent, and Jason Michaels of the Stud Club getting together to play a night of Texas Hold'em. I think it would be kind of fun. Pro wrestling game night I really want to do where I get two wrestlers from two competing companies together and they do something like the Milk Challenge or the uh, you know all these different uh, – you know, no Tide Pod challenges, but you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that one, <laughs> but that's just some ideas. I mean, and, and I just, there's so many cool things you can do. And that's the great part, you know, as I've shifted away from maybe covering the local scene on a audio level, uh, there's so many personalities and cool people here locally that I would love to give a video, like create some video mm-hmm. content for them, do some stuff like that. And it's it's kind of involves just trying to always seek out your niche in professional wrestling, and if I can start producing uh, video content, that's ten times more appealing to a professional wrestling company than audio content is right now because everybody's consuming wrestling online now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and somehow, some way, I continue to manage it all while being a single dad and having a full time job. I really don't know how I do this. That's super. <laughs> no, that is super impressive. That is something I think about often because all the networking stuff you do aside the connections and all that like just the audio aspect um sometimes you got you you put out a lot of a lot of episodes in a week and i'm just like how how the the secret is is i unless there's a giant giant flub i don't really edit anything Mm -hmm. and i think that's something i accepted a long time ago that if i wanted to produce the amount of content i wanted I had to kind of give up that, uh, you know, because the first few episodes of Pro Wrestling Iowa I recorded and edited, I was going through and getting all the ums and everything out. Mm-hmm. I just have got to the point where, for one, I think the content I'm producing is niche enough for the most part that, and we're and we're unique enough on the mothership, uh, what we do that, it's 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 acceptable. I think people can accept that now. If I did that political podcast we were talking about, you're damn sure Skippy. I would be editing every yeah, <laughs> everything yeah. out of that. But I think I'm 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 lucky in that regard that the content I'm producing usually needs a fast turnaround for some of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just I, I let it run. I, I'm not too worried about it. And I've personally take I, I've I've gotten better at talking. Yeah, I was in, gonna, in one take. I so. was going to say you're you're. You're very well spoken, and listener, I'm going to edit this episode, but I can tell you before I even put a, a single slice into it, I'm barely ever going to need to touch Dustin's side of the conversation. All the <laughs> editing's going to be me because that's how I do. I always edit myself, but no, like you, you're very well spoken, so it it works. Like I think it's okay to go unedited. But you as a host definitely need a certain quality, and I think you have that. You can you can put your thoughts out there effortlessly, and it just flows. So, yeah. Oh, you're, you're making me blush. Well, and I, I did come from – I mean, I was public speaking in high school. I did my uh, graduation address. I did my junior and senior prom speeches. Uh, in college, I was on interfraternity council and doing stuff like that and hosting events – I bartended for years, so I was on the mic talking, running things, and and now my new job. I'm starting uh, on Monday at Iowa State. I'll be running the maintenance shop of the concert venue in the Memorial Union at Iowa State University. Oh, nice! Where Muddy Waters, Smashing Pumpkins, Jack Johnson, uh, Jamiroquai, to name a few, have performed, and I'm I'm still a little uh, head over heels about this because it's I love music, and it's a part of my life that I haven't been feeding a lot lately, and to be able to have this opportunity to have fun, listen to live music while I work in a state position with state benefits. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's super cool. It's so awesome. I like, you know, we talked before and I do want to throw in this, uh, you know, I'm pretty big mental health advocate. I encourage anyone out there who's going through a tough time to seek out help, whether you've got a friend or a family member, uh, who wants to help, or if you need to seek out a national suicide prevention hotline, there are so many ways to go about taking care of yourself. So I, I took care of myself this year. I did uh, go to the hospital in February. I have gotten on medication. I've started uh, counseling treatment, 
And I can tell you that when you finally do those things and you get things in place, the world will start being better to you. I'm an example of that right now. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening. If you have any, any issues at all, I am always willing to have a DM conversation with somebody on Twitter. Even if you're having trouble, tweet me at Smohawk. I, I honestly will be there. It's just, that's part of think, uh, what I, what I think sets me apart sometimes when I think about the wrestling podcasting circle is I'm not just out for myself. I want to use this platform that people have decided that I'm worth having Mm -hmm. to try to do some good. And, you know, so that's, that's why you'll see a lot of mental health and a lot of, you know, if people want to call it social justice warrioring, that's fine. (laughs) I don't mind it because it's, I know that what I'm saying is the right thing. Like it's the humane thing and I'm confident in that. And so that's why I do it. And it's so, yeah, that's my, that's my shtick. I should probably have a 1-800 number available at all times to tell on podcasts, but I don't because I'm unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where can people find you at? Where can they find you and your stuff? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. Like I said, at Smohawk, same thing on Instagram. And you can follow the mothership, all of its happenings on Twitter at PW mothership, same on Instagram. And then we are on Facebook by searching the Pro Wrestling Mothership Network. I'm also on Facebook with No Coast Nerd at No Coast Nerd, as well as Twitter at No Coast Nerd. Follow the Revolver, uh, Wrestling Revolver at PW Revolver. Make sure you check out the Wrestling Revolver podcast every other Thursday. Uh, last episode came out this last week, so we'll be uh, uh, coming up here shortly. Not sure when this airs, but yeah, every other Thursday. Just get on board. And Capital Wrestling Podcast every Wednesday at noon Eastern time on the El Toro Podcast Network. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Capital Wrestling with no G. Oh, and go to T Public. I have a I have a T-shirt shop there. T Public slash Pro Wrestling Iowa because they won't let me change the. <laughs> the oh, really? That you can't change it? I can't get it changed. I don't know how they won't they won't work with me on that. But it's whatever. It's legacy. It, it kind of makes me smile. It's a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin. Thanks for joining me, man. I'm glad we were able to get together and catch up on on all your happenings. Yeah, it's it's cool. And I, I, I never, ever, ever take for granted how awesome it is to know you guys. And for real, anytime you guys want to talk about movies with me, you just let me know. Like, I literally will guest on everything with you guys <laughs> if you'd have me because I love you guys. So, yeah, anytime, just let me know. I'm, I'm there. Awesome. Awesome. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Swallowed. <laughs> you're swallowed. Are, uh, are you dying? <laughs> I am. I am fine. Just don't. don't <laughs> just don't. Don't you go dying on me? Yeah, don't choke to death and have your la- have the last thing you hear be me rambling about recasting <laughs> Leia. <laughs> not only is that a nerdy rant, it's a nerdy rant from somebody who's not even a Star Wars fan. Like, come on. <laughs> You could you could you could die better than that. <laughs> I saw the light, Randy. It was it was so bright, but your voice brought me back. Oh, well. <laughs>